Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're all doing well and good. (laughs) Some are clearly better than others. I was sitting here working on this message yesterday, and all of a sudden there was a boom, and like half the lights went out, and my, I I finally got fish in my office. I'm so excited. Had this fish tank for like 10 years, and I finally set it up and put a filter in it and got some fish, and my filter started going, I'm like, oh, great. Um, it's okay. It's working fine now. Uh, but the power was out. So this morning coming in, and even last night, I was a little bit, I was probably stressed more than the team was. You ever been more stressed about something than everyone else around you is? And uh, they were great. They had a whole PA set up, and they had a generator ready. And I mean, we were good to go this morning. We couldn't live stream, because obviously there was no power. But um, we were good to go, and the power came on, and Anyway, so this service, you wouldn't even notice that last service was like organized chaos. <laughs> but the team did a great job. I was the one that was probably more stressed than I should have been. Here's a question. How are you all doing with your 40-day positive challenge? How many don't know what I'm talking about? So you can go watch last week when I talked about for 40 days, we want to challenge you to think about something positive every day. Uh, the blessings that God has given us. Um, Some of you are struggling with this though, aren't you? So I'll say this. For those of you that forgot about this in entirety, you're not losing your memory. You're just getting really good at letting go of the things that are in the past. (laughs) See, it's all in how you frame it. We had to frame something in a positive way. Are you catching this? The Bible actually has a lot to say about that. Look up 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, Philippians 4, 8, Ephesians 4, 23, numerous places in Proverbs. If you haven't started, start every day for 40 days, think about something positive and meditate on that. It's really important that we learn to meditate on things that are positive. Meditate on the Word of God. It's pretty positive. There's lots of hope in the Word of God, but if you never read it, how are you going to find the hope that's in it? A little bit of a different direction. Let's disconnect for a second. God has given us his revealed word, the Bible. Okay. You need to know what his revealed word says to you. It's revealed. It's revelation. It's given to you. We also need the Holy Spirit speaking to us. But there's a balance between the two. Because... If you go all Holy Spirit and no word, you get loopy. Okay? And that's why you see people prophesying things like the Maple Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Maybe, Mitch. On the other side, if you're all word but you have no power of the Holy Spirit activated in your life, you tend to be more legalistic. And it becomes all about rules and regulations and there's no life. Right? So we need the Word of God plus the Spirit, and the two together make for a powerful existence. 
That's free. Not in my notes, but free. So, you know, as Nate and Melissa were reading, there's this one statement that they read that just resonates with me, and it says, you'll be a light to guide the nations. And I know, hey, Christ came to save us, and this is really highlighting Christ, but for us, he's put his light within us. And our job is to take his light to the world around us. Today's message is the unseen hope, but the truth is, it's Christ through you revealed to the world. The unseen hope of Christ is really placed within you. How many have unseen hope within you? But we want to make sure we reveal that to the people all around us. Now, in 2 Corinthians 4, and I'm going to try to work through this entire chapter today, all of 2 Corinthians 4, um, little by little. It starts with Paul talking about Therefore, since we have this ministry, just as we received mercy from God, I'm going to read it in the Amplified Translation, by the way, granting us salvation, opportunities, and blessings. Now, a lot of you stop at salvation. You receive mercy for salvation, and you're good. Not here, though. We want to be on the lookout for opportunities and blessings as well, because that's part of why God gave us mercy, so that we could have some opportunities to spread the love of God with others, that, that within that, there's some blessings that'll come to us. We do not get discouraged, nor lose our motivation. Now, he's going to end with that as well, and I'll come back to that at the end of the message if all goes well. He says, we have renounced the disgraceful things hidden because of shame, not walking in trickery or adulterating the word of God, but by stating the truth openly and plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Has anyone got some behaviors, attitudes, and actions that you're not proud of? And do we broadcast that openly in front of everyone normally? Yes? Here, I got a microphone. We'll come up. Let's confess our secret sins. You don't want to come up and confess your secret sins? No takers? <laughs> but what I want you to catch is we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience. So here's the key. Ah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me read the rest of it first. But even if our gospel is in some sense hidden behind a veil, it's hidden only to those who are perishing. So the lost that don't know Christ are perishing. Among them... The little g, God of this world, Satan, has blinded their minds of the unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who's the image of God. So there's this imagery of light and darkness, the illuminating light of Christ, the gospel and the glory of Christ. Honey, you know there's a battle going on between light and darkness. The Bible uses this picture a lot. But we have this concept, but what does it really mean to us? What's the gospel? Does anyone know what a simple definition of the gospel is? Yes. It's the good news. What's the good news about? You won. No, that's not the good news they're talking about. We kind of did. It's Jesus. He came to earth through a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He was executed under the Romans because the Jewish religious leaders were upset with him. He went into a grave. He was dead three days. He rose from the dead. 
He was seen by many witnesses. He ascended into heaven where God has now glorified him. And guess what? He's going to judge the living and the dead. He's going to judge everyone. Everyone's going to stand before him one day. His sacrifice on the cross was for your sin. He paid your sin debt. He paid my sin debt. Thank you, God. By faith in his sacrifice, you receive forgiveness of sins and you can gain eternal life and be with God forever. This is good news. How do you know that's the message of hope? That's the gospel. That's the light. But it talks about here how the God of this world has blinded people to the truth. He's hidden it. He's blocked it from the unbelieving people. Now, Jesus came to earth and was willing to submit to humanity at their worst, right? But are we willing to obey God no matter what the cost? Are you willing to obey God no matter what the cost? Are you willing to say, God, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I'll say whatever you want me to say. Can you confidently say that? Some of you are looking at me like, what are you talking about? Wait, what? Are you talking to me? Yeah. We're Christ followers, right? Okay. Now watch. I've had people ask me over the years, right? Can God forgive me for, and they fill in the blank with some horrible, terrible thing that they did. That it really is horrible and terrible. Some of you have done some pretty awful things. In your past life, you were evil or vile or however you want to say it. But I think we get it backwards because the question isn't, can God forgive me? He already did. That's why he went to the cross. The question is, will you humble yourself, confess your sin to him and repent of your wrong behavior and lifestyle and then turn your life around and stop living that way? That's the question. See, the onus is not on God to forgive you. The onus is on you to repent of your sin. You have the responsibility for your actions, for your lifestyle, for what you do. You can't even say the devil made me do it once you come to Christ. Because he put a spirit within you. And if you're empowered by the spirit of God, then how can you blame the devil for your actions? It's your flesh your earth suit. I'm ahead of myself again. Why do I keep doing that today? Okay, now watch. It goes down to focus. Remember the beginning? I talked about focusing on positive things will help you to overcome the negative cycle in your life. I didn't go into that much detail, but we got to focus on the positive. Now watch. People get so focused on themselves that they have a hard time seeing the truth. People have this thing called self-will. I want what I want and I want it now. None of you though, right? We never live this way. We never throw temper tantrums when we don't get our way. Well, we shouldn't, but sometimes we do. But we're Christians. We're supposed to be like Jesus. Yes, that's the conflict. What about self-ambition? 
I have these dreams. I have these desires. God, don't you know you're supposed to align your plan for my life with my dreams and desires? God has a plan for each of you. I'm confident of that. However, it's a different plan for each of you. He doesn't have the same plan for all of you. I mean, I can have a dream. Don't turn this mic on, please. Not this one. That I can sing like the best of them. And it's going to remain just that. Because I know that that's not what God has called me to do. I'll let Aiden and Jessica and Tammy sing. God's got a different plan for all of us. Self-ambition, self-preservation. Got to do what I got to do because I got to look out for me. It's got to survive. And if I have to have to step on someone to survive, I will. What's the old adage? I don't have to run faster than the bear when I'm walking in the woods with you. I just have to run faster than you. <sighs> Some of you will get that later. See, here's the thing. Self, 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 self-opinionated. Did you know some people put their opinion equal to God's word or above God's word? And you can't even argue with them because they know. I love talking to people that think they know everything. They don't necessarily say that. Actually, usually there's a point in the conversation when I say, do you know everything? Well, no, of course not. That false humility comes in. Well, if you don't know everything, is it possible that something like God could exist outside of your realm of knowledge? Well, I suppose. <laughs> Once you get a move in, right, then you can start allowing God to reveal himself. Self-opinionated, self-appointed. Too many self-appointed kings and rulers in this world today. Nobody wants to serve. Everybody wants to be the boss. Opposite the kingdom. Focus can be powerful. When you focus on God's word, it's going to transform your life. When you focus on yourself, you're going to miss so many things. You're going to miss so many things. Why? Because you miss what God's trying to say to you because you can't get yourself out of the way. Sometimes we have a hard time hearing from God. All of us. But usually it's because we don't shut up. You think I'm kidding, but right now while I'm even talking to you, some of you are having a conversation with yourself up to 200 words a minute in your mind. And some of you are far from here because you're thinking about everything else but what God's trying to tell you right now. And you're missing the whole point of why you came here today. Welcome to humanity. But we have to learn to discipline our minds and stop that voice, that internal dialogue that's going on and 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 on. La, 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 la. Because some of you are already at the football game or the hockey game or lunch, and some of you are already at what you're going to do this afternoon or what you're going to do tomorrow, and you're already gone because your mind is not disciplined. That's not even in my notes. My notes say, hey, let's focus on fear. 
Do you know that if you focus on fear over time, that fear will control you? It's going to determine your actions, your behaviors, and your beliefs. You will become so ingrained with fear that you cease to recognize love and faith and their power working in your life as a viable alternative to fear. That's concerning. This is why focus is so important because you have to learn to focus your mind on the word of God. We have to learn to focus our mind on the truth from his word. What does God say about the situation? What does God say about me? What does God say about this? This is truth. If you focus on humanism, you can end up in the wrong place with the wrong beliefs, the wrong behaviors, the wrong actions. Do you know there's a lot of people out there that think they're doing good, but they're not really helping anybody? Did you hear what I just said? They think they're doing something good because it's based on a premise that's a lie from hell. And in their fight to do what they think is good, they're actually accomplishing evil. But that actually fulfills what the Bible has to say, because the Bible says in the last days, they're going to call good evil and evil good. And we're living in a day and hour when that's actually happening. When people call good things evil and they call evil things good. There's a deception that's taken place in the culture. Well, let's go back to you. Dying to self produces life in the life of the Christian. You got to understand this. It's not until you come to the place where you put yourself aside that you actually start to live. Verse five, for we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord and ourselves merely as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. I'm gonna stop there because some of you don't know what a bondservant is. How do you know what a bondservant is? A few. Most of you are in the first service. In... Hebrew culture, they would bring a servant into the household for whatever reason. But they were only allowed to serve for so many years and then they were released from servanthood. I think it was seven. Don't quote me on that. But after seven years, then they had a choice. They could go free or if the master or the boss, the employer, was so kind to them that they liked serving in their house, they would become what's called a bond servant. And then they would voluntarily stay and serve. And they got a special earring in their ear that signified this. But see, it says we're bond servants of Christ. Why? Did Jesus force you to follow him? How many of you, an angel 15 feet tall, glowing with the glory of God in a sword, appeared before you and said, repent of your sin or else? None of you. God didn't force you to convert to Christianity. It was something you chose to do on your own. Free will, free choice, right? And see, God doesn't force us to serve him, but he is good and we should desire to serve him. 
For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory and majesty of God, clearly revealed in the face of Christ. But we have this precious treasure. What's that? The good news about salvation. In unworthy earthen vessels of human frailty, frailty, frailty. So that the grandeur and surpassing greatness of the power will be shown to be from God, his sufficiency and not from ourselves. Paul's talking about the message of hope. There's another rendering that talks about this light shining in our hearts. We ourselves are fragile clay jars containing great treasure. There was an old band called Jars of Clay. Really, what are we? We're clay pots that have a spirit within them and a soul. We're a shell. Your earth suit came from dust. It's going to go back to dust. You know this, right? In some religions, they talk about the ashes to ashes to dust. Why? You're a shell. This is your temporary body. And God, personally, I, I, I sometimes think logically that he was a little bit crazy. Now understand why I'm saying this. He entrusted the entire message of the gospel, the message of hope, to 12 guys that spent three and a half years with Jesus. And man, did they have some imperfections. I mean, at one point, two of them were fighting on the road about who's the greatest. And Jesus had to look at them and go, uh, guys, the greatest is the servant. Another time, they wanted to call down lightning and thunder from heaven to <laughs> Another one, he denied Christ, not once, not twice, but three times. Do you understand that they were flawed, frail, broken, weak humans who spent time with Jesus, got filled with the Holy Spirit, and they went out and they transformed the world around them despite their weakness? despite their frailty. And he took this great treasure, the message of hope about Jesus, and he's entrusted it to clay pots like you and me, to these earthen vessels, these temporary beings. Well, the earth suit part of us is. And see, those men took that message of hope and we're here today as a result of that. You got to catch this. And the church of Christ is growing stronger in the earth. Just because you live in a secular humanist culture that wants to crush Christianity and put religion down and not have any religion, at least in the public arena, doesn't mean that Christianity is not growing. Doesn't mean that God's not thriving on planet earth. Because I assure you, there is nothing that will stop God from building his kingdom here on planet earth. And at one point in the conversation, Jesus is going to come back and step foot on planet Earth. And boy, it's going to get wild <laughs> when that happens. So our job, enabled by the Spirit, is to take the message he's put in us, despite our weaknesses, our failures, and our challenges. Is there anyone that doesn't have weaknesses, failures, and challenges? No takers. 
hard to see past the lights. I'm just making sure I don't see any hands. Because you're welcome to come and tell us how you do it. <laughs> but first, you have to pass the test. We're going to work through the Ten Commandments, so I want to see if you've kept them from birth in the intent of the law. Some of you can't even name them. When we share the gospel, which is the unseen hope that I'm talking about today, with the world, with others, God is the one who shines his light into the darkness of their hearts to illuminate truth. The Holy Spirit's the one that reveals God to people. Do you know, I'm, I'm 49, I've been walking with Jesus for about 41 years and I've never saved anyone. I can't save anyone, I'm not qualified. Now, I've introduced many people to Jesus who does save them. Do you see how this works? We don't save anyone, Jesus saves people. Jesus went to the cross to save people. The Holy Spirit is the one that reveals truth to them when we are obedient and we take the message of hope and we share it. So when you speak the truth, when you speak about the gospel that I just told you about at the beginning, when you share that message with others, the Holy Spirit's the one that illuminates it to them so that it becomes alive and that they can see past the blinders that are on their eyes from Satan. And then they too have a choice to make whether they want to acknowledge Jesus as the son of God who saved them from their sin or continue living in darkness. Because I mean, how many of you, the first time you heard the message of help, you fell on your knees, you repented of your sins, you gave your life to God and boy, you've been following him ever since. Or was there some that had to hear it and 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 hear it some more and hear it again and hear it again and hear it again. And then one day you said, okay, God, you win. Anyone? I kind of liken it like this. You're sharing the message of hope with someone. The Holy Spirit lifts the lid. They see the truth. And they go, but I like living in darkness. La, 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 la. Paul goes on. We're pressured in every way. We're hedged in, but not crushed. Perplexed, unsure of finding a way out. Have you ever been in a situation where you're not sure of the way out? I assure you, stand firm on the truth that you know and go with your last assignment. What do you mean? What's the last instruction God gave you? He probably didn't change it. Stay with that. Not driven to despair, hunted down and persecuted, but not deserted to stand alone. Struck down, but never destroyed. Always carrying around in the body the dying of Jesus so that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be shown in our body. For we who live are constantly experiencing the threat of being handed over to death for Jesus' sake. So that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be evidenced in our mortal body, which is subject to death. So physical death is actively at work in us, but spiritual life is actively at work in you. Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he had who wrote in the scripture, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and will present us along with him in his presence. Do you see the hope in this passage? If you get one thing you need to understand, no one can destroy you. Only God. Because your spirit, he created, 
And no one has the authority to destroy it except him. They can destroy your shell. And in some cases they do. What do you mean? They do kill Christians today, just not usually in Canada. Yet. It does happen. People die for their faith every day. They're executed because they believe in Jesus. But see, no one can destroy you because the real you is your spirit. This earth suit, yeah, it's temporary. It's going to die anyway. But then if we're going to be raised with Christ, how are you ever going to be raised if you never die? Just asking. And then the Bible's clear. The last enemy we conquer is death. First Corinthians 15, I'll read 26, then 29. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. 27, it talks about what the scriptures say. 28, under his authority. 29, if the dead will not be raised, what is the point or what point is there in people being baptized for those who are dead? Why do it unless the dead will someday rise again? Why do we baptize people? Because they're going to raise it. We're going to raise up again to new life. See, baptism is what? You go down into the grave like Jesus went into the grave. You come up to new life. It's a picture of what's happening inside your spirit. Jesus went into the grave, rose from the grave. We're going to one day go in the grave. And guess what? We're going to raise up out of the grave and we're going to get a new body, which is better than this one. I have to do a throwback to my Santa joke from last week. For those of you that are still writing letters to Santa, okay, personally, I really want him to get it right this year because last year I asked him for a fat bank account and a skinny body, and somehow it got mixed. <laughs> I had to throw that in. Now I have to go back to this. How many of you want to see the resurrection life of Jesus while you're still alive here on planet Earth? <laughs> that was a perfect setup. You know how you're going to see the resurrection life of Jesus? <laughs> are you willing to obey God? Are you willing to submit to his plan? And are you willing to do what he asks you to do? Can you confidently say, God, whatever you want me to say, I will say. Wherever you want me to go, I will go. And whatever you want me to do, I will do. Can you say that with confidence? I mean, whatever. For all these things are for your sake, so that as God's remarkable, undeserved grace reaches out to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of our great God. Therefore... He loops back. We do not become discouraged, spiritless, disappointed, or afraid. Though our outer self is progressively wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day by day. How many know you're not getting any younger? Let me remind you. Your outer self, you're dying from the day you're born. <laughs> your inner self is being renewed. Why? We're being transformed into his image and likeness. The more time you spend in the word, the more you become like him. Well, you should become more like him. 
for our momentary light distress. Everyone say light distress. This passing trouble. Isn't that how Paul, isn't that how Paul, I love the way he, he words this. No matter what situation you're in, no matter what you're facing, no matter how bad you think it is, Paul calls it light distress, a passing situation. Light affliction. How bad can it be? It's light affliction. And we act like we're dying. Maybe you are in the flesh. But see, God's working in us to produce an eternal weight of glory, a fullness beyond all measure, surpassing all comparisons, a transcendent splendor and an endless blessedness. So we don't, we look not at things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. For the things which are visible are temporal, just brief and fleeting. The things which are invisible are everlasting and imperishable. This, everything you see, everything in this world is temporary and is going to burn up in fire. Everything. Temporary. Temporary is not permanent. Temporary is not eternal. What's eternal is your spirit. Your spirit will live forever either with Christ or without him. My suggestion is you want to live with him because the alternative is not fun. We cannot be discouraged by hardship and by trouble in this life. We have to have hope that we have a life without hardship, a life without sickness, a life without disease, a life without poverty, a life without lack, a life without pain. Because that's our future. But there's so many people out there that don't know that. There's so many people out there that don't have the hope that we have that this is just a temporary part of the journey. I've said this before, I'll probably say it again. You realize as a Christian, this earth is the only hell you're ever gonna experience. But for people who don't know Christ, this earth is the only heaven they're gonna ever experience. There is a whole lot of people that you know, that I know, that God wants us to share hope with, to share faith with. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be sitting. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Notice we put the lights up so that it illuminates the room, right? We don't put them under baskets. Would it illuminate the room so nicely? In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Someone just said, wait, what? Good deeds? Look, <laughs> hey preacher, I did my good deed today. I came to church. I showed up. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. <laughs> but we practice Christianity here. We don't practice religion. And some of you, that's going to bug you. I put $5 in the bin, preacher. I should be good. Hey, look, you put what you want in the bin. 
But when God's got your heart, you can't give him enough. Right? right? So what happens is we got to come to the place inside where we realize it's not about, <laughs> it's not about just doing this and this and this and this. It's about knowing him and the power of his resurrection and loving people so much that our heart starts beating for the lost like his does. That we see people through the lens that Jesus sees people through. And that we have love and compassion and empathy for people who really need to hear about the goodness of God. You know, I want you to just think maybe the last 10 weeks. I don't want to see any hands. But have you done something kind to another person? Wait, there's more. Expecting nothing in return. Because so many times we do kind acts to others, but there's this expectation that they're going to do kind acts back to us. If I bless you, then you'll come and bless me. Are we asking God daily for opportunities to serve others? I assure you, if you take a moment and ask, he'll give you many opportunities to serve others, to be a blessing to others, to love others. We have to choose love. We have to choose hope. We have to choose life. There is a world that is in trouble without Jesus. There's a lot of people in your community that are in trouble without Jesus. God has given you hope. He's put hope inside you. Why would you not take the hope he's given you and share it with them? Are you afraid of what they're going to think? Are you ashamed of the truth? Are you scared? Or are you just lazy and apathetic? Because we're very comfortable here, aren't we? We're comfortable in our houses, with our food, and our clothing, in our nice building, with our bright lights and our sound system. What do you need to survive? Food? Clothing? Shelter's good. We need community. We need each other. We need Jesus. Pretty well everyone in here could probably live with less. But the truth is, we are blessed. And because we're blessed, we want to be a blessing to others. I love seeing the gifts that have come in so far. I know there'll be a few more, but the gifts that have come in for CAS and for safe families. I love that our people are getting behind buying a meal for the police officers who serve us every day. I know many in that industry. And you know what? It's not like it used to be. Doesn't mean they always do everything right, but it's not like it used to be. There is a dishonor and a disrespect in the culture. There's a defiance as the Antichrist spirit is coming on the scene in planet Earth that just defies all authority. We shouldn't have to have a place like Hiatus House. Where women have to escape with their kids so that they don't get hurt. What kind of world do we live in? Obviously a fallen, sinful, evil world, but where's the church? Is the church being a light to the community? Is the church stepping out into the world? Look, we're the church. Is your light shining? Only you can answer that. But are you letting your light shine? 
Or do you let your light shine real bright on Sunday when you're here with the other saints because it's the thing to do? But on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you stick it back under a bushel. You tell me, which is it? I don't know about you, but I don't want to stand before God and say, I didn't tell anyone about the hope you gave me. It remained unseen. The unseen hope should be non-existent in the life of the Christian because the hope that we have should be visible to everyone. Every day, everywhere we go, they should see the light. And I know none of us are perfect and God's working stuff out in our lives. He works a lot of stuff out in me when I'm driving. I'm not kidding. <laughs> but the truth is, he's working stuff out in our lives, right? But we still got to take the hope and give it to others. We still got to share it, share his love. It's the assignment on your life. It's the assignment on life. Why don't you stand up with me? As we come to the table to celebrate the Lord's Supper, communion, our covenant meal, I think it's important that we examine our hearts for a minute. Look within and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you anything in your life or your heart that's not right and repent of it. And if you're carrying unforgiveness in your heart towards someone, let it go before you partake of the covenant meal. Otherwise, you just hurt yourself. But fathers, we have the bread in our hands. We repent for not being obedient, for not saying what you've told us to say in the moment, for not responding in love like you've asked us to, and for not sharing hope with those who need it. Lord, I thank you that at the, the table, there's healing and deliverance and freedom. We claim that in our lives today. And I rebuke sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. But Father, I also declare emotional wholeness and wellness over your body today. Help us to have insight and revelation into your word. Help us to know how to serve, how to love the world around us. Because so many people need to hear hope. So we thank you for your faithfulness to us, that you've saved us, healed us, and set us free today in Jesus' name. In the cup, the blood of Jesus was shed for our sins. Fathers, we repent of our sin and we lay our life down. I thank you that in obedience to your command, you're helping us to be brave, to be bold, unashamed, unafraid, that we could speak the truth in love, that we could share the hope you've given us with others. And truly, at the end of the day, we can say, look what the Lord has done for me. He's brought me so far, he's not gonna let me go back. I sense even as I'm praying, there's a couple of you that just thought to yourself this morning, I don't know if I can do this, God. I don't even know if I can take one more step. He's right there with you, enabling you. And some of you are so frustrated and so discouraged. 
but God is telling you, don't be dismayed. Focus on the hope. Some of you are angry and bitter. Let it go. It's stopping you from receiving his love today. Let it go. Father, I declare freedom in the name of Jesus from every assignment that the enemy would have against the lives of the saints today. I thank you that we have the shield of the faith, but Lord, I thank you that we have the sword of the spirit. And we declare your word and your goodness over our lives in the name of Jesus. Norman Nadine, the close. Windsor Christian Fellowship, you are sent. Go and live with the love and the peace of Jesus Christ.